2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
1: You're listening to the Dana and Parks Podcast on KMBZ.
2: Bam, fine. Out of love.
1: Got a photograph. Hey,
3: it's good to be with you guys on this Tuesday afternoon. A beautiful... Fake spring day here in Kansas City. It's a, but, it's, a, but, it's but, this is don't let it fool you. This is fake spring people. But, but, but hey, hey, it is the first sign. When you leave work tonight, when I leave work tonight at six o'clock, the sun is still just a little bit up. And that gives me hope. Love that correction because when I leave work, it is dark. <laughs> well, when I when I'm driving home, there's just a little bit of
1: sunlight to drive into. And you can plan on fake spring again tomorrow for the parade. So there you go. It's
3: gonna be it works out well, well. you know, but and, winter is coming back.
1: And we say, yeah, I know, I know.
3: And, and we said this yesterday on the show. We had five hundred thousand people coming in to talk about the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Everybody from the mayor to Kathy Nelson to Tim Grunhard and everything. What And I said this so many times yesterday, I think I lost count. What an incredibly exciting time to live in this town. And then the day after the Royals win the Super Bowl, I checked that the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, and the day before their parade, the Royals hold a news conference downtown to announce that they want to build a new stadium at 16th and Grand. Now, there are going to be plenty of questions about it. And I don't expect our next guest to be an ambassador for the Royals in that way to explain or answer all those questions. But he was the MC at the news conference this afternoon, and we welcome into the program the voice of the Kansas City Royals, good friend of the show, good friend of mine, Ryan LaFever. Ryan, good afternoon. Hi, Ryan. Hello, Parks. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well, my friend. Thank you for asking. Yeah, thank what,
0: you for texting.
3: Yeah, uh, what 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 an what an amazing time to live in this town, whether you call the game for the Royals or you cheer for the Chiefs and the announcement today uh, that the Royals want to build downtown. Tell us more about it.
0: Yeah, I've, so I've been through one of these before when I was in Minnesota and before I came to Kansas City a, a long, long time ago. And so um, and so much has changed, but uh, the, the comprehensive nature of this project, no matter where the Royals were going to land, if it was going to be in North Kansas city or East village, or ultimately now in the, the North part of the crossroads district. Um, I mean, they have, they have everything covered. And um, I think it was Bridget Williams of the heavy construction union here in Kansas city, you know, pointed out that a lot of these things, these, these contracts with uh, the community um, with uh, the local businesses to make sure that we're employing Kansas City people, and we're making sure that we're employing people that live in the area and live in Jackson County. I mean, a lot of these things are negotiated. They may be mentioned, um, but before the vote, but certainly negotiated after the vote. But they're they're so far ahead of of um, that in this particular process, and that's where a lot of things that's where a lot of things go wrong. Not just what I experienced in Minnesota, but with other places is that, you know, people don't really know exactly what they're voting for. And there's a lot of loose ends and there are very few of any loose ends with this deal. Now, whether you vote for it or not, that's, you know, that's a person's decision whether they think it's good for, um, for Kansas city or not, and especially downtown in Jackson County. But as far as, you know, well, what about this? Well, what about that? What about this? I mean, all of that.
3: One of the things I, uh, that I was questioning during the news conference though, Ryan was the parking, uh, on, a, on yeah. a night game, I don't think that's really that much of an issue uh, unless there's an event going on across the street at, at T-Mobile. But what about during day games when, when yeah. people are downtown, they're working, a lot of those parking spaces are taken. I mean, opening day, for example, is usually a three o'clock game mm-hmm. um, in the middle of an afternoon. Now, granted, in fairness, a lot of those people who might be working downtown might go to the game. But what do you do about right. parking? Because they said during the news conference, we're not anticipating building any new parking
4: structures.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that. That's interesting because that was my first thought. Uh, just because we're so used to the Truman Sports Complex, I'm in the car driving home right now, and my wife Sarah is sitting shotgun, and that was her first question about how they're going to handle the parking on a day game. But um, first of all, there there are more spots, and I'm just reiterating what I've heard in the town hall meeting last year in the event that we had today, there are more available spots in and around downtown than there are at the Truman Sports Complex, and most of which are within a 10-minute walk to the stadium. And so, yeah, it's it's going to be something new for people in Kansas City, there's no doubt about it, but there are downtown ballparks all around Major League Baseball where teams have made the transition from a more um, suburban area, more... Um, rural area, if you will, right into the heart of downtown. And it works. It's just, it's, it's just a new way of doing things. And the whole concept of incorporating downtown in an entertainment district, I think from what I've seen is that different from um, the way the Royals are right now, where you have a, a high concentration of people coming at the exact same time. And the traffic flow is great here compared to other places it's going to be different when you're downtown because now people are going to be arriving at different times because mm-hmm. they might have dinner beforehand. They might want to go to a bar afterwards. When the game's over, they might want to go get a bite to eat, especially after a day game or after a night game. They, you know, they hang around the entertainment district. So you're not. I, I think, and and what I've seen, Scott, is just when I'm leaving the stadium, at some of these ballparks around the country, and you know, I'm usually leaving. 30, 45, you know, an hour after the game is over is, is, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people who aren't leaving when the game is over, they're hanging around kind of like at arrowhead. You have people that tailgate before the game and then a large portion of the people that tailgate after the game. So I think that's the concept. And in addition to people are just going to find their place, you know, they're, they mentioned all the different parking spots scattered all around downtown and that there are 22 different ways to, access those new parking spots around the ballpark as opposed to, you know, the usual three or four options that people use when they're going out to the Truman sports complex. So that's, that's what I've seen. That's what I've heard. And in the comments that Earl Santee has made from Populous. And I think he said today, this is his 23rd ballpark and they're all moving downtown. And, and that, that's a concern. I mean, that's that's a concern for the team. I mean, the team doesn't want people having a difficult experience going to the ballpark. Um, so that's, I mean, that's the last thing that they want to hear. So, uh, but, but I have seen how this works in other stadiums and it's just a different flow than what we're used to.
3: Well, Ryan, you, you, you travel across the country, obviously with the team, uh, God knows how many cities you go to on, uh, in any given year, it's gotta be close to 20. I would imagine many mm-hmm. of these are in downtowns. Do, mm-hmm. do, is there any downtown ballpark where it doesn't work?
0: Wow, that's a good question. I can't think of one right off the top. I mean, have you, you have ever go- a lot have of you, have
3: sports. you ever Ryan, have you ever gone gone into a major league city and I, I'm sure you and, and the, the guys from the broadcast crew are being driven to the the ballpark. Have you ever been in a city where you're like, good God in heaven are we ever gonna get there?
0: <laughs> Not really because you know we're we're coming so you know, so early before the game and we're leaving so late after the game that, you know, we're rarely, rarely in the middle of all that traffic when we're, when we're coming and going. Um, So one that doesn't work, I don't think there's one that doesn't work that I can think of. There are just some that flow better than others. And it has to do with, you know, how downtown works. You know, For instance, here's a place we don't go very often. Um, Pittsburgh. And we're going to go there this year. They have a beautiful downtown ballpark um, on the other side of the river. Um, but, you know, Pittsburgh is a, is a very old stadium that has a lot of diagonal streets. So you don't have like, you know, the grid that we have in Kansas city, you know, you get a lot of strange angles, which, which causes problems, but I, but it works because people just figure out how to make it work over time. It's not going to happen in one season where everyone has, okay, here's the parking lot we're going to go to, here's where we want to eat. Um, here's how we're going to walk to the car. Here's how we're going to leave the parking lot. I mean, that's just, that's just going to come with time, but one, one, one ballpark where it doesn't work because it's downtown. I I can say I've never heard that before. It doesn't mean it has, it doesn't exist. I've never heard that before.
3: Well, Ryan, we are, we, we're excited about this new development. Uh, we'll see how it plays out obviously. Uh, but as a, a Royals fan and a fan of yours, uh, I cannot wait for this season to get started, my friend. Pictures
0: look pretty good, didn't they?
3: Man, they look beautiful. <laughs> they look really good. And, and you know what? The, the whole time I was seeing the pictures, I'm like, those ball, the home runs are going to end up on 670, and then I forgot they're building that park over 670.
0: Right, right. Now, that that um, if that happens, as soon as that hitter crosses home plate, there will be a guy in a white lab coat and plastic cup <laughs> wanting to – Uh, get a sample and test him. That would be quite a shot to hit one completely at the stadium. (laughs) Be like Mark McGuire. (laughs) Right, right.
3: (laughs) Right on. Hey, Ryan, love you, man. Uh, Can't wait for the season to start, and uh, good luck at spring training next week. Hey, good to talk with you, Scott. Always a pleasure. Uh, The voice of the Kansas City Royals, the great Ryan LaFever, and I just got word that Trent Green, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, uh, legend, will be joining us in five minutes here on Dana and Parks. What a time. Let's go to the hotline. We don't have minutes to waste. Former Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, one of the best in the business, and an all-around nice guy. Haven't seen you since we were at Top Golf, my friend. Please welcome Trent Green. Hi, Trent Green. I'm doing.
5: I'm doing great. How about it? Yeah, Top Golf. That was. Uh, that was a lot of fun. That was. A, <laughs> that was a big fundraiser. Yeah. Uh, for Dayton Moore and and uh, what he's what he's doing with uh, scholarships and and uh, you know that was that was a lot of fun. But yeah. this is also a lot of fun talking how- about another Super Bowl.
3: Trent, how do you quantify the time that we currently live in?
5: It's. You know, it, it's amazing. I was just sitting here thinking as I was uh, as I was waiting to get on, and I was like, you know, if you would have thought, you know, less than 10 years ago, was it nine years, 10 years, you know, the, the, the Royals winning the parade. I'm sitting here trying to think of, like, all the different – because I've gone to all the parades. If my kids want to go to the parades, I want to go to the parades. It's, uh, you know, we've done them all. Um, and it's just just what we've experienced here in the last 10 years. People just don't realize how hard it is. Um, or at least the younger fans don't realize how hard it is because uh, they're making it look so easy. This is this is obviously a great time in Kansas City. The growth of the city, the improvement of the airport. Uh, the draft was here. Um, you know, more and more the announcement of the Royal Stadium downtown today. I mean, there's just Heck, there's so much going on in this city. It's it's pretty phenomenal.
3: Don't, don't forget the World Cup coming in two years.
5: Yes, yeah. And what what they say?
3: Six games? I think they six, said we're going to have six, uh, six matches. F- f- four first round games, a knockout stage, and a quarterfinal. That's unbelievable.
5: I know there's a lot of work they got to do to Arrowhead to 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 get it to uh, the standards of the World Cup in terms of the field size and stuff stuff like that, but. Um, you know, I was sitting there looking, you know, this is, uh, yesterday or or Sunday was, was an all-time record for the Super Bowl, right? One hundred and twenty three million people on average watching Mm it. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're saying at point different points in time, there was over 200 million people watching it, but you realize the world cup has 4 billion people watching it. I mean, that's, I saw that number and I was like, that can't be right. Four billion watched the world cup final. And, uh, yeah, so it's pretty cool that Kansas city is going to, going to have six of those games.
1: Trent, the big question of the day is no team has won three Super Bowls in a row. Can the Chiefs?
5: Oh, they definitely can. You know, here's the thing. As long as 15's back there, you know, I wasn't feeling feeling real confident uh, going to Buffalo or going to Baltimore uh, just because how well those teams were playing and how the offense had struggled, Uh, but Patrick just finds a way to get it done, and I think You know, when you get to a certain point where you're having levels of success like they're having, any kind of added extra motivation um, to do something that no other team in the history of the game has done, no other quarterback in the history of the game has done, uh, it gives extra motivation. Not that you need extra motivation, um, but any kind of, you know, any kind of to separate yourself from a historical standpoint, even though he's done that at uh, just 28 years old to be able to say, you know, he's the, the the only quarterback to do it or the only organization to do it. Uh, that's going to add some pressure to Brett Veach and, and, uh, you know, personnel and Andy Reid and, you know, how they're going to piece together this team and salary cap and getting guys signed and free agents and draft and on down the line. Um, but yes, they can definitely do it. Um, they've got the right people. They've got the right, uh, that magic. So, uh, so yeah, they can do it. They're, they'll be they'll definitely be part of the mix. We've we've seen that. This was this was a down year, and yet they're they're Super Bowl champions again.
1: How is your how is your heart rate on Sunday? That's the big. That's what I want to know.
5: <laughs> my my daughter was making fun of me because she's like, "How can you be so calm? How can you be so calm?" Because my mind, you know, I'm still working like a quarterback. So I'm sitting there looking. I'm like, "Okay, down the distance, field position, timeouts. Where are we in the game? How you know?" And everybody else is going going nuts around us. uh, you know, as we're watching it. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty calm while it's going on. Cause I, I kind of get that analytical coaches quarterback uh, mindset going. Um, just once, trying to, trying to pace it all.
1: Once a quarterback, always a quarterback.
5: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, Trent, exactly. Trent, when I was younger, she's, she's yelling at me, she's yelling at me. Like, how can you be so calm? How can you be so calm? And she's like jumping around, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking about all the things that, you know, you need to be thinking about as a, as a player or coach. You're like, hey, babe, I'm game
3: scheming here. Leave me alone. <laughs>
5: That's right. <laughs> you know, right. W-
3: when I was a little bit younger, but uh, I think I'm older than you, um, I used to watch you in amazement. And I was just like, I would, I would watch the games. I'm like, how did he do that? There's no way. Do you ever watch Patrick Mahomes and you're just like, how did he do that? That's not even real.
5: You know, I did the first season and maybe even the first couple of seasons uh because of what he's done up until this point now I'm just like well that's pat I'm like oh yeah. he threw a no look pass oh he threw one behind his back oh he threw one underhand oh you know it's like did you ever like, work oh, on, did, you, did you trent did you ever try
3: those when you were quarterbacking
5: no no i i, I did the look off stuff I mean that that was I mean that's pretty standard. I mean the no look to actually like look one way and throw the other. Um, I don't say that's standard, but once you get to a certain point as a quarterback, you get comfortable enough to where everything slows down and you can manipulate the defense with your eyes, with your shoulders, with your eyes, with your hips, the way you're looking, all those kind of you know the pump fakes, all that is is ways to manipulate the defense to get them to do what you want them to do so that you know where the openings need to be. So sometimes a play is perfectly covered, but you can make a move, um, whether eyes, shoulders, pump fakes, whatever it may be. So uh, some of the stuff he does, Just when I say some of the stuff that amazes me is his first couple years, uh, you know, his throwing angles, right? Throw over the top, throw sidearms throw underhand, you know, all the different ways he throws the football. Um, and it's not necessarily, you know, my era of, of playing was, okay, there's a certain way you stand. There's a certain, uh, we called it a stance era, right? When you go, uh, my quarterback coach always talked about stance or when you go to step and throw, there's a certain place you have to step and throw because that increases the accuracy of the pass. Your, if your foot, as a right-handed quarterback, you wanted your left foot just left of the target because then that's putting the ball where you want it to go or where you're anticipating to throw it. So there's a certain standard of how you operated, how you wanted to release the ball, everything else. And I know there's guys that have done it before. Steve Young did it. Uh, Randall Cunningham did it at times. Fran Tarkington way back when did it. Uh, Brett Favre and, and Aaron Rodgers really kind of took it to a whole different level. Uh, but for the most part, quarterbacks were pretty standard in the way they did it. What Patrick did and what he continues to do is he changed – he has changed and, – and this is – I brought this up two years ago on, on one of the shows uh, that I was doing for TV, and I said – Pat is a generational quarterback. I said he is changing an entire generation of how players play the position, how coaches coach the position and how, and how coaches scheme plays Hmm. based on the different ways that he can throw and manipulate because of that um, hips, feet, arm angle, all those different things that I just talked about. He's changing the way the game is played. Now you go to, you go to little league fields, you go to, You go to high school games, you go to college games, and you see them all trying to do the same thing. And some guys have some success with it. Nobody's had as much success as Pat's had with it uh, to this point. But you see guys trying to do more and more of it um, just because he's as good as he is and and everybody wants to be like him. Hey,
3: Trent, I know you got to go. Really do appreciate the time. One more quick question, if I could. We had Tim Grunhardt on the show yesterday, and he was telling us that Patrick Mahomes – is akin to Michael Jordan back in the 1990s. There were plenty of other really good players in the NBA back in the 1990s, but Michael Jordan was so good that he was almost the planet that blocked out the sun for the other players.
5: Would you agree with that? I do agree with it in in that... The thing about Michael is, if he if he had the ball last, right, whether it was against the Cavaliers, whether it was against the Utah Jazz, whether it was against the Detroit Pistons, whoever, you knew that he was going to make that final shot. Was there ever a doubt in anybody's mind that Patrick was going to go down and get that done? I mean, there, there was no doubt whatsoever, even on the fourth down, right? I mean, it's it's no matter what you're going to throw at him, he's going to find a way to make a play. That's what he's that's what he's proven. And so, I think those comparisons when you start comparing to. You know, to a, to a Michael Jordan or or a Wayne Gretzky uh, or you know Joe Montana or Tom Brady. I mean, when you start doing those types of comparisons, you're talking about the all-time greats in those specific uh, fields. Tiger Woods, right? How many times did you get to Sunday and you're like, "Well, Tiger is going to find a way to get it done." I mean, that's yeah. that's really the upper echelon that Patrick has put himself in because when you look at playoff games, he's now 15 and three in playoff games, and the three games he lost were in a Super Bowl and two AFC championship games. So it's, it's the standard he has set, he's put himself in that upper echelon.
3: Trent Green, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback and Kansas City Chiefs great. Always appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, we Trent. We really do appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I'm
5: glad, I'm glad it worked it out. Have, have fun at the parade tomorrow.
3: All right, God bless, brother. Be good. All right, see you. All right, that's Trent Green, former Kansas City Chiefs quarterback here on Dana and Parks. Man, we've got some
1: heavy hitters on this week. I did not have interview Trench Green on my 2024 bingo card, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, hey, get ready. Trench Green's coming on. in. And I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> funny story. So funny. I looked. Uh, I was on the uh, Twitter earlier and um I saw that uh today one of the most iconic jingles ever in the history of jingles was released meteorologist Scott Parks and I want you to try and narrow down wait 20 years ago today no no I didn't oh. say 20 years ago I oh. said it was released today oh. but it, it's a it's a oldie but a goodie but I want you to try and narrow down when this very 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 iconic if not probably the most well known jingle was released I'd
2: like to buy the world
1: 1973 and uh, it with 1972
3: trees uh, and 74 and so wrong way uh, 71
4: I, like ding, 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 ding.
3: I was one year off on my guess
1: Like to buy the world Coke. So if you remember this song, Whoa, you're old. Have a Coke and a smile. It ranks right up there with the I'm a pepper, he's a pepper, she's a pepper too. Anyway, <laughs> we could go, we could yammer on all day about, we could yammer on all day about jingles, but I just thought that that was kind of interesting. Hang on. I'm trying to get one here. Okay. Oh, uh, an iconic jingle? What a lofty claim from an advertiser.
4: Coke is what the world wants today.
1: And they had all these people from uh, all these young whippersnappers from all over the world standing on top of a Scandinavian mountain or something. I don't a remember. hilltop in Italy. Uh, that's what I said. A hilltop in Italy.
3: That's exactly what you said because we knew that's what much. you meant. Yes. Um, here is my uh, iconic Commercials. I love these. I, I could listen to them and watch them all day long. Uh-huh. You ready? Yes.
6: Real man of genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Fantasy Football Manager Guy. Mr. Fantasy. Every year you assemble your closest friends to prepare for another season in the knockdown dragout world of make-believe football. Four you were born with the one skill every manager needs to play fantasy football. Absolutely no skill playing real football.
2: Not so good at catching. Not imaginary so good at catching.
6: catches. Imaginary touchdowns. Next up, an imaginary score. With an imaginary woman. Good
2: imagination.
6: So crack open a nice cold Bud Light-O-Swami of the sidelines. You may come in dead last, but you're always first with us.
1: Mr. Fantasy Football Manager Guy.
3: Bud Light Beer and I pushing You know who that is singing?
1: No. Wait.
3: Oh, he's, Wait. Very, he's very well known.
1: Is it the guy from Survivor? He is the guy from Survivor. Oh! I literally pulled that out of the ether. Oh, that's really good. Okay, wait. While we're talking about while we're talking about Survivor Guy, Sam, go look up Survivor Guy. He did a Starbucks ad called Glen. And it's the Glenn. funniest thing ever. Starbucks, I know it's Glenn, and it was probably about 20 years ago. They Starbucks had just introduced, I think, um, like bottled cappuccino. I think, I'm. I know I'm not making this up. It was very iconic back in the day, and the entire band chases this guy around to the tune of "I Have the Tiger." I think.
6: Bud Light presents now real men of genius. Oh. This Memorial Day, we salute you, Mr. Gasoline Barbecue Starter. Mr. Gasoline Barbecue Starter. Never mind charcoal chimneys and easy lighting briquettes. The only way to start a real barbecue is with a gallon of 93 octane and a big book of matches. (laughs) Light up the sky. Who needs eyebrows? You're hungry, and you've got seven pounds of lamb shanks ready to go. (laughs) That's a lot of you don't just defy convention, you defy warning labels and common sense. Like you. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, oh Prince of the Pyrotechnics, because no one makes a backyard mushroom
1: cloud like you.
6: Mr. Gasoline Barbecue
1: Starter. You, you <laughs> are literally laughing your entire way through that. You, you, you were on mute, but... Dear listeners, Dude, he these, was chortling through the whole thing. These are the funniest commercials I've ever seen in my life. All right. Do you have Glenn? Okay, good. So imagine Survivor chasing this guy around. Glenn! Glenn, Glenn, Glenn! Glenn,
4: Glenn, Glenn! Glenn, 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 Glenn. <laughs> He's drinking a Starbucks Glenn's double.
2: The man. Glenn's the man!
6: And what's
4: what's the product? Uh, they just released <laughs> the Starbucks canned double shot espresso. Glen! Okay. Glenn, Glenn, <laughs> so he, Glenn, yeah. Glenn! He cracks one open in his kitchen and the band appears.
6: But life presents <laughs> Good boy. real men of I can't get
3: enough of, of these. Real
6: of genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Silent Killer Gas Passer, the <laughs> Last night, you had the enchilada combo platter. This morning, the three cheese omelette with broccoli. This afternoon, you're a ticking time bomb. Because of you, a simple <laughs> elevator <laughs> ride is suddenly a 42-floor plummet into the very bowels of hell. <laughs> Who did it? Who cares? Sweet mercy, please just someone light a match. <laughs> So, crack open an ice cold Bud Light, oh ninja of the nasty. And while you're at it, crack open a window.
1: <laughs> I don't know how the survivor guy kept a straight face. I wonder how many t- takes it took him All to right, do that. I have no idea. All right, quick break. Michael Mackey from MichaelMackey.com.
3: Going in today for Dana Wright. She is back tomorrow. That guy over there is Sam Stevie Third. My name is Scott Parks here on KMBC. Big parade tomorrow, 11 o'clock. We will be carrying some of the speeches tomorrow uh, during midday, and if it continues into uh, Dana Parks tomorrow after 2 o'clock, we'll continue to carry it. Uh, Story here from the New York Post. The Kansas City Police Department is no match for the Swifties. Ahead of the Super Bowl victory parade tomorrow, the city manager of Kansas City hinted that he has already told Taylor Swift's representatives that the city is just not equipped.
1: Thanks, but no thanks. To handle the extra traffic
3: that the mega pop star's attendance may bring should she choose to be alongside boyfriend Travis Kelsey. Quoting here from Brian Platt, speaking to Crosstown rival KCUR, I cannot confirm nor deny, but we might have already told that to her team just to keep everybody safe and make things a little bit easier for us. With Swift's Eras Tour resuming Friday in Australia, it is very possible that Taylor Swift could continue the celebration with her boyfriend Travis Kelsey and join him for the Chiefs' third parade in five years. The parade starts tomorrow at eleven o'clock.
4: That would be tough though, because flying here from Japan, she gained a lot of time, right? Right. Flying to Australia, she she's lose, gonna lose she a would lot lose, of time.
3: Lose 17 hours.
4: Odds are she's not gonna be doing that. Correct.
3: Is she ever
1: gonna sleep? When does she sleep? She'll sleep when she's dead. She's, well, she has a private plane.
3: I'm I would sure assume
4: has she has a bed. very nice bedroom on that on that jet.
1: I need to pull up the story because it for a long time today it was literally the top story on TMZ. But apparently, and this is only rumor. This is not. I'm this, I'm totally speculating because you know if it's on TMZ, could either I know you're. Really Ooh, do. I I think
3: TMZ is a very reputable source.
1: Well, I do too. But uh, it, this is going by. Uh, ugh, and now I can't find this story. Uh, Oh, here it is. Taylor Swift allegedly booted Kanye from his Super Bowl seat. Good. That is according to an ex-NFL star. Now, this is quoting from TMZ, which uh, dropped this nugget uh, about six hours ago. Kanye West apparently intended to upstage Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl, but the pop star torpedoed his plan, at least that's what, one former NFL star is claiming Brandon Marshall, who played in the league from 2006 to 2018 for a number of teams, mm-hmm. made the shocking allegation on his podcast this week, explaining that he'd heard uh, Kanye per- uh, purposefully purchased the seats right in front of Tay-Tay's suite for the big game. What is his problem with her? Uh, I don't know. Because you remember back
3: in 2005, 2006, whenever it was,
1: Oh, when he ran up on stage when he ran and up said, on stage and yeah. said
3: that Beyonce deserved that and not her. Well, now she's bigger than Beyonce. She is bigger than him. And now she gets to call the shots. Mm. Well, but, but he
1: clearly has a problem with strong women. I mean, they've been going back and forth for years. I, I despise Kanye West well, apparently, the alleged scheme never came to fruition as uh apparently, according to this ex NFLer, uh, Swift made a call or two. Good. To have Yay kicked out. Good of the for Legion her. Good for uh, her. He, he, At least that's what he's claiming.
4: He was in the stadium though, in different seats. So who knows what truth there is to that?
1: Well, but he wasn't in the seats that he may have
3: otherwise gotten. Yeah. I I I I hate him. And, and, and I hate's a strong word. I, I take that back. Um, I don't like him. I think he has a problem with strong white women. And. For whatever reason, he has had it out for Taylor Swift. I don't know if he wants her or what 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 his goal is. Uh, but Kanye, well, Kanye West, who is mentally ill, allegedly. Um, don't want to get sued. Yeah, he's a public figure. I probably say whatever I want. (laughs) Um, Kanye West has a problem with Taylor Swift, and now I'm starting to think it's not about her being a strong white woman. It's about her being better than him, a better human being, a better selling
1: artist. Kanye West could not sell out Arrowhead Stadium.
4: Well, he literally did fall off his rocker.
1: Really? Plus, there's the whole anti-Semitism thing. Come on. You think? You think?
4: But when he started talking about buying the world and creating mechanical bees, it was all downhill from there.
1: Well, TMZ has not will not confirm or deny said story, but they're on it. So I'm I'm fully anticipating a,
4: an update. Got to get those, those clicks, baby.
3: Uh, New York Post says they think scientists think they have figured out where the first kiss started. Like, okay. <laughs> yep. For lo- a long time, it was thought that uh, kissing started in South Asia, about 300 BC. Now scientists believe that kissing, the act of showing affection for another by pushing your lips against it, you all know what kissing is, uh, may have started in Mesopotamia, i.e. Iraq, 2500 B.C. Mm -hmm. They found an artifact that shows a couple lip-locking that dates back to 2500 B.C.
4: This kiss does not date back to 2,500 B.C.
3: No, but it pretty much does. Might as well. Because I was there. <laughs> I was there when they started. It was about 2,500 B.C. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> All right, quick break. News coming up in two minutes with Dan Weinbaum. That guy over there is Michael Mackey. He is Sam Stevie Third. My name is Scott Parks here on KMBZ. We'll see you on the other side.
1: Thanks for listening to the Dana and Parks podcast. Remember, you can catch us online anytime at KMBZ.com.